On this episode of the Calgary Stampeder podcast, we discuss the West All-Stars named for the Calgary Stampeders, and we also have an East and West semifinal preview for the CFL playoffs. Welcome to episode six of the Calgary Stampeder podcast. I'm Dave McIver with Jock Wilson. The Stampeder podcast brought to you by Valentine Volvo and Volvo Fine Cars Royal Oak. What a busy week for the Calgary Stampeder. Yesterday we found out seven Calgary Stampeders are awarded all-star positions in the West Division. And of course, well... There's a pretty big football game in Regina <laughs> on Sunday. How Jim. many riders were All-Stars? Two. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> how many wins did they have? Nine. <laughs> yeah. Had, Where they, were the... How many wins did the Stampeders have? Oh, shoot, they only had eight. Uh, how, you know, hey, I, I won't even go there. They're trying to use it as bulletin board material. Disrespect. Hey. I'd use it, but we'll get into that when we get into uh, the Stamps and Riders preview, as we'll uh, do both uh, semifinals on this edition of the Stampeder podcast. But we did have seven all-stars for mm-hmm. the Calgary Stampeders. Kadeem Carey, Kamar Jordan, Sean McEwen, Mike Rose, Darnell Sankey, Renee Paredes, and Cody Grace. I think uh, all pretty solid picks, eh, Jock? Yeah, did they miss anybody from the Calgary Stampeder perspective? I, I don't think so when you really break down the list from that perspective, Dave. And, and you know, hey... Rene Paredes, if he doesn't come out of the West as the uh, the most outstanding special teams player, you know, I'll, I'll eat another one of your hats, for goodness sakes, because that would just be wrong. <laughs> you haven't eaten the first one. Yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, <laughs> Cody Grace, you know, uh, you know, hey, he, he, he's he been the best punter in the league. So the Stampeders got the great special teams. You know, they've, they've got a situation where, you know, Mike Rose has been a story, and I think Mike Rose probably scares the hell out of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders heading into this uh, Western semifinal. Uh, Darnell Sankey has been outstanding, you know, and, and I'm, I'm glad they don't do it by position because if you do it by middle linebacker probably would have been Adam Big Hill mm-hmm. you know because you could have said hey that will linebacker probably would have been Jameer Thurman Jameer Thurman has been outstanding as well Phenomenal. but when you have Big Hill and you have Darnell Sankey obviously those have to be your two linebackers yeah I thought uh, obviously Kadeem Carey was the, the best running back in yeah. the West uh, by a long shot uh, led CFL running backs with seven rushing touchdowns and second both in rushing yards and yards from scrimmage so Kadeem Carey pretty much a lock for an all-star position at least in the West division. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Kamar Jordan, despite missing three games, he was excellent in the games that he did play, despite, I think, maybe one, his comeback game where they lost to Saskatchewan. And then uh, Sean McEwen, we talked about him with the uh, Stamps uh, Awards. He was the best offensive lineman. That's pretty much a, a, yeah. a he was playing. He played every game, so he's going to be there. Uh, solid picks. I, I'm happy for KJ because I, I wasn't sure mm-hmm. because, as you said, the three games that he missed. And, you know, as we talked about in the last podcast, KJ could have been your most outstanding player nomination for this team. At least he was through the first half of the season. Uh, but Kadeem Carey certainly took that over. And, and, and you know, hey, but Kadeem, Kadeem Carey should be the most outstanding player. If, if KJ would have played the entire season, I wonder what his numbers would have been. Would he have gotten over 1,000 yards receiving? Probably then it might have been a tougher decision. Yeah, and it, it, I like uh, Mark brought it up this week. Um, if Darnell Sankey gets a full CFL season, he's taken a run at uh, the Stampeder record for tackles yeah. in a season um, by uh, Alex Singleton. So uh, you can't keep him off the list. And, of course, Renee Paredes, Cody Grace, uh, the duo, they have uh, a great relationship, as we talked about this week. Yeah, he's a ripper, ripper dude. Um, you know, he's been around for... Uh, I call him Fossils. Um, he's been around for a while. So, um, you know, he's helped me a lot over the season and kind of understanding the game and, and um, you know, getting back to playing. So, um, you know, he's got to trust me and I've got to um, 
you know, got to give him some uh, some great holds and for him to have the ability to trust me and execute in those big time uh, big time kicks. So yeah, those two get along really great and uh, great to see because you had to think maybe things are going to be a little bit different. A new long snapper for Renee, a new holder yeah. for Renee, and the, the relationship between between him and Cody, which we just heard, uh, is very good. I'm sure that was a little bit of must have crept into Renee's mind at least at some point. Hey, I, I'm going to have a couple different guys I'm working with this year. I hope that we can get it uh, in sync right away. Yeah, no, I I think the, the even the bigger angle for me for Renee Paredes is the fact that he wasn't 100 percent all season long yep. because he was dealing with that uh, groin injury, especially early in training camp, and you know he didn't practice a lot in the early season and yet you know he is still Mr. Automatic when it when it comes down to it so what is he had nine walk-off you know game-winning field goals in his career you know had one two to knock off the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in the last game of the regular season only missed the one against Winnipeg you know in week number three and that was too bad because uh, if he would have made that uh, it might be a different we might have a different conversation heading into these playoffs but hey it is what it is so uh, let's get rolling awesome so we have uh, those those all-stars we just worked through and now we have a playoff preview mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm we'll get warmed up in the east okay. jock so uh, we got the owls the montreal alouettes heading to hamilton to take on the hamilton tiger cats read a tweet uh, this morning as of recording they were just three thousand tickets yeah. short of, se- of selling out that game in hamilton it's going to be a blackout so think sea of red that you would see at a calgary flames game but all black at uh, at uh, at hamilton so uh, it should be a good one Jock, I'll let you take uh, your thoughts away uh, on this one first. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. And, And I think you could sum that up for a lot of teams in the Canadian Football League, and you could probably sum it up for the entire CFL season in general. I, I would say there's been a lot of knock against the Canadian Football League this season because scoring was down, and and maybe there wasn't as much as excitement in, in past seasons. But I'm really excited about these CFL playoffs because I think you've got the six best teams, and I think you have potentially great matchups both in the East and in the West. And and even though Hamilton has beaten Montreal both times that they met earlier this season. I think this is a pick 'em. I really do. Um, you know, when when you really break it down, I think both teams, Montreal and Hamilton, have been inconsistent at times this season. Hamilton, like the Calgary Stampeders, they got off to a really crappy start, yep. but they've certainly turned things around. You know, you've got one and one A as far as your quarterbacking situation. You know, you know, is it going to be Dane Evans? Is it going to be Jeremiah Mazzoli? You know, from that standpoint, a slight edge. I give a slight edge to Hamilton because they are at home, as you say. Yeah, it's going to be a noisy Tim Hortons field, and that is certainly going to give give them some boost but but if Montreal comes into Montreal uh, comes into Hamilton and knocks them off I won't I won't be surprised and that's why I'm really excited about these two uh, semifinals this weekend I think they're going to be really really good football games and, and the big winner there is going to be the fan yeah, I, I like the fact that uh, Hamilton obviously has been 5-2 and two at home. We say mm-hmm. that they never lose at home, but they did lose two games this year. But Montreal also 4-3 and three on the road. Right. So that sets up a great matchup in itself because Hamilton does win at home, but Montreal can win on the road. Uh, the biggest thing for me, Jock, it's going to be can the Hamilton Tiger Cats defense stop William Stanback? If they can, you know, limit him, not, you know, it's tough mm-hmm. to, to, to stop a guy like that completely. And what's the saying? You, you can only hope to contain him. Right. So if they can contain him and keep him, you know, anywhere between 75 to uh, maybe even 100 yards, I think the Hamilton Tiger Cats win that football game. But if he starts running, you know, 120, 125, as he's been able to do in, in certain games this season, then I think the Hamilton Tiger Cats have a problem. And also, 
what does Trevor Harris bring to the table? <laughs> that is the million-dollar question. And, and you name, you nailed it with uh, William Stanback. You know, the over-under is 100. You know, if your defense can, can stuff them to less than 100, you know, obviously Hamilton has a very, very good chance to win. Uh, over 100, as you say, uh, look out. All bets are off, and, and Montreal is, is in the game. Uh, so, so again, I, I think this is too close for me to call, so too close to, to pick them. But uh, you make a great point with William Stanback, so... Uh, if you're going to go out on a limb, who are you taking? I'm taking Montreal. Are you taking Montreal? I am. I, I thought it over for a while this morning. Kind of did uh, a look at just kind of all the things that Montreal did this year. And despite the two losses, you know my feeling about <laughs> a team having to beat a team without losing to them in the CFL season. I think it's really hard to do. I have zero evidence to back that up but just in my memory it, it that seems to be an issue when you've beat a team twice in the regular season and you've had their number they seem to find a way to beat you in the playoffs and and that's why i think the, ha- the hamilton tiger cats fall to the montreal alouettes i think one road team is going to win this weekend and i don't think it's the montreal alouettes so i'll leave it there okay perfect <laughs> that what a perfect segue <laughs> uh we'll obviously spend a little bit more time on this one because uh yeah it's the calgary stampeders in Regina, Jock went back yesterday, had to go back all the way to 2012, the last time these two teams played in a West Semi. It was here in Calgary, Drew Tate throwing a you know, last-minute touchdown pass for the win, and the Stamps rallied to beat the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So it's been a while. They've played in the playoffs since then, but not in the West Semi. And, of course, different venue. We're going to be in loud Mosaic Stadium. It's going to be a hostile crowd. I wouldn't be surprised if they sell out. What do the Stamps have to do to go in there? And it's a three-seed against a two-seed, so I'm going to say yeah. upset the Riders. Just play Stampeder football. And if you play Stampeder football, you know you don't, you don't make mistakes. You limit your mistakes. You don't take a lot of penalties. You don't turn the ball over three or four times. The Stampeders are a better team. I, I firmly believe that, and that's not just being a homer. I, I say it you know, by doing a little bit of research because I break down the coaching situation, who's got a better coaching staff? Hey, I love Craig Dickinson. I think Craig Dickinson's a really nice guy, but, you know, who's who's a more accomplished coach in the Canadian Football League? It's it's Dave Dickinson. His brother. And, and, and the wild card there is, let's not forget, John Huffnagel is still very, very heavily involved in the Stampeder offense. So you've got the, this meeting of the mind. So I give a slight edge to the Stampeder coaching situation. You know, quarterbacks, we can say it hasn't been a great season for Bo Levi Mitchell. It hasn't been a great season for Bo Levi Mitchell. I don't think it's been a great season for Cody Fajardo. Cody Fajardo can beat you on the ground. And that's going to be the thing. You know, they're going to have to limit his rushing ability, limit his, you know, his, his ability to extend plays with his feet, because that's the only thing that scares me. So I'll, I'll even say quarterbacking situation is pretty even, although the Stampeders have an edge with the backup quarterbacks if it comes to that point. And, and then you look at the running back situation. I think William Powell is good. But he's not as good as Kadeem Carey. Nope. So that's a check mark for the Calgary Stampeders. And then the receivers, you know, I'll even say that's a soft because I, I do think the Saskatchewan receivers are very, very good. And if Duke Williams is good to go, you know, you got Shaq Evans, you got, you know, Keen Schaefer Baker, you know, they're they're very, very good receivers from that standpoint. But just the addition of Reggie Bagleton, Kamar Jordan, Markeith Ambles, you know, I don't know if if Luther Hanakamanu is gonna play, uh, but he's been a, a nice, pleasant surprise, Herji Mayala. So that's that's a soft. So to me, you break it all down. That's a check mark for the Calgary Stampeder offense. Defensively, you know, you might want to say the defensive line is is pretty even, maybe even a slight edge to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders because they've got, you know, A.C. Leonard and Jonathan Woodard who get after the quarterback a little bit. But let's not forget what you got in the middle here in Calgary and Derek Wiegand and Mike Rose. So, okay, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give Saskatchewan a slight edge with the defensive line. I'm not giving them an edge even close in the linebacking you know, situation with Jameer Thurman yep. and Darnell Sankey. That is no contest. 
best. Hey, I love the fact that Michael Tice is playing as well he is, as he is for Saskatchewan, but that is a check mark, you know, for the Calgary Stampeders. And then defensive backs, you know, everybody's talking about how, what a great defensive back uh, situation they have in Saskatchewan. Yeah, they're, they're good. You know, Ed Ganey and, and Nick Marshall are, are pretty good. But, you know, the addition of Trey Roberson, the Stampeders spent all this money on their defensive backfield. I'm giving an edge to the defensive back. So, again, that's a check mark on defense for the Calgary Stampeders. And then we're going to talk about special teams. <laughs> well, you got you got Rene Paredes. you got Cody Grace. Uh, the return game may be an issue for the Calgary Stampeders this weekend. Let's, uh, let's see how that one uh, plays out. But the Stampeders have had the best special teams all season long. So... Geez, let me see. You went on offense, you went on defense, you went on special team. Oh, there's a reason why I think the Calgary Stampeders are going to win this football game. But the only equalizing factor can be that home crowd because I, I am guessing Bo Levi Mitchell will probably take one or two procedure penalties in this game. And, and, and the fans can be a difference, especially with all those damn cowbells that are going to be ringing this weekend. It's going to be just a gong show. Darnell Sankey talked about the crowd earlier this week. Definitely one of the most hostile fields I've been in since I've been in the CFL. And I love that, you know, I love going into uh, an opponent's ring, you know, and playing, you know, and the crowd is obviously going to be there. They're going to be all green and white and screaming and hollering. And that's what football is about, you know, but I'm always going to ride with my team. So, you know, whatever people got to say, I'm always, you know, I'm a Stampeder. I'm going to ride. With, I'm going to ride with us. So The big thing for me, Jock, and, and if you look back at the games, it, it, I think the key to this game for the Calgary Stampeders is Kadeem Carey. Mm-hmm. You look at the uh, the second game they played against uh, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders this year, October 9th, 11, or 20 carries, 109 yards. The first game, the game before that, that the Stampeders won 23-17. Only 11 carries, 78 yards. Right. When he moves the ball for them, it opens up so much more for the Calgary Stampeders and their offensive unit. Like, you look at how much that helps out the receivers. Also, he's a great receiving running back. I agree with you on most of your points. The one thing I will say is if the Saskatchewan um, secondary can play as well as they did now, some of those uh, interceptions in the game that the the Saskatchewan Rough Riders beat the Calgary Stampeders 2017, um, if if Bo throws another four picks and they're jumping on Bo like that, then the Stampeders are in deep trouble. But Bo has, I think, consistently improved since that game. Um, so I think that maybe the edge goes to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders just because they've been able to create turnovers on defense with their secondary this year. Something that the Stamps, hey, they, they, they've gotten some in recent weeks, but in, in the overall, you know, overall course of the entire season, getting an interception or getting a turnover hasn't been their strong suit. And I think turnovers, especially in playoff football, is huge. Yeah, I think the wild card there is Reggie Bagleton because Reggie Bagleton didn't play in the three games against the Riders earlier this year. That and, is, and Kamar didn't play in two of them. That's I exactly yeah. right. So you know you've got a totally different environment now. Now here's the deal: we we all know Regina and the weather forecast looks great for this game. It's going to be great, but all of a sudden it's a really really windy day and it's uh, knocking the ball down and, and and Bo can't get the zip on it. You're right that that can be the equalizing factor and weather can always be the equalizing factor. So let's hope the weather forecast holds for what it's supposed to be this Sunday and. And, and then, you know, then, then the best team will win. And if it's the Riders, good on them. But, you know, if, if it's the Stampeders, good on them too. So uh, a, a bottom line is uh, it, it's not going to be a blowout. I'm not suggesting it's going to be a blowout, even though the Stampeders, you know, win in all three phases of the game. Yeah, this, this, is, this is still going to be a very, very tight game. And there's a reason why, you know, Vegas bookies have it as a one-and-a-half-point favorite right now for Saskatchewan. That could change at game time. Oh, 
I like that number, Jock. I like that number. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think you're. I think you're right. You look at the the the, the games this year. A total of a six point differential yeah. when you add up the the point differential between three games. So I don't expect a blowout either. I think we're definitely going to see a close game. What I hope we don't see, and no offense, Mark Killam, but I hope we don't get back into a situation like we saw in that first game that they played, where Saskatchewan goes out and recovers four straight onside kicks. Uh, let's hope we don't get into that situation because not oh. only is that too much, just because it's too much, it's it's too hard on the heart, Jock. You yeah, know, well, we can't be sitting through that. Another thing too, like that last game of the regular season, throw that out. But if the Stampeders with their first eleven possessions have eleven punts <laughs> and one turnover, uh, the Stampeders aren't winning this game. But I, I don't think that is going to be the case. So what do you think this week? Obviously, uh, we touched on it at the beginning of the episode. Obviously, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders feeling probably a little bit disrespected yep. with only having two players named as West Division. How many did BC have? Oh, yeah, they had three. Yeah, so you look at that. <laughs> Hopefully some Saskatchewan fans listen to this one. But, uh, no, you look at that. I've always been um, a believer that, that bullet, bulletin board material can, um, it can get, it, it don't, I don't think it affects the game to a, a to a great extent extent but it can get mm-hmm. another team going just a little bit more when you have that feeling of disrespect yeah. hey nobody thinks we can win this game there's a cfl simulation out there that says you know the riders only have a 1.82 percent chance yeah. of making the gray cup i do think it plays at least a little bit into this game so what do you think jock uh the stampeders have been in that position before too when you know they didn't win a whole bunch of uh, outstanding player awards and they used that as motivation and they went and won a you know a gray cup championship so you know, yeah, but if, if that's what it takes a professional athlete to get pumped up, then shame on them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, uh, you know, that's that's just that's just an excuse and whatever, whatever it does. You know, it, you should be able to get pumped up because you're at home, you know, you're a nine-win team, you're feeling good about yourselves, and you think you're a better team than the Calgary Stampeders. That's why I have no problem with what Patrick Level said for the Montreal. What's he supposed to say? Oh, yeah, Hamilton's going to kick the crap out of us. Yeah, come on. It, it's not going <laughs> to happen. Every player in that dressing room feels they can beat the Calgary Stampeders, just like every player in the Stampeder dressing room feels they can beat the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So if you need that motivation, uh, you're you're not really a high-profile or a high-performance uh, athlete because you shouldn't need that, uh, that, that, you know. And really, who else would they have had on that all-star list? They would have had maybe A.C. Leonard. Yeah. But A.C. Leonard bloody well decided not to take a drug test. And, and then, he, then he verbally abused the tester. And I'm going, well, okay, if that's the reason why you're not an all-star, I'm okay with that. Sometimes so the voters, your the actions... The sometimes get it right. Exactly yeah, sometimes right. Sometimes your actions can have consequences, John. <laughs> and when, it, when it's, you know, CFL reporters yes. voting on this award, exactly. they're going to take your off-field conduct. I'm not, hey, and I don't get a vote. <laughs> Neither do I. And Jock doesn't get a vote. So uh, if the CFL reporters yes. take that into account, then, then that's your doing. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess, Jock, uh, the last thing to get through is um, what does, in my opinion, the Stampeders just need to have a strong start. If they, if they don't have a strong start in this game, you look at the two games they won back-to-back against the Riders this year. What, yeah. First possession touchdown, first possession yeah. touchdown. I think if I go back and I, I'll have to watch the highlight, I think it was the same play call both <laughs> in both games. I, I think the Samps, if they have a strong start, they have a, they, they they should win this football game. What does Dave Dickinson always say? He says, yeah, it's always about, you know, the strong start. It's always about finishing drives as well. And, and you know, the, the, the only knock against the Stampeders offense this year is they haven't been able to finish a lot of drives. That's why Rene Paredes has had, you know, such a, such a great season because he's been called on to kick too many field goals. If the, if the Stampeders don't get it into the end zone at least, uh, you know, two or three times, I, I don't think they're going to win the game. So if they have to settle for field goals all day, that's not a good recipe for success for the Calgary Stampeders. So uh, right now, uh, I think you're bang on if they get off to that great start 
you know, they finish drives. They don't turn the ball over. Heck, what do we, you know, we're not, ro- it's not rocket science. Yeah. Here. That's just playing just, stampede or football. That's called a recipe for right. success to win exactly. is what we just talked about. So uh, it's going to be a great game. We got the pregame show on Sunday this weekend going at one o'clock and then kickoff will be at two 30. It's going to be loud. It's going to be exciting. And like you say, Jock, we have a great situation for the semifinals in the CFL playoffs. It's going to be a lot of fun. Do want to finish this podcast? We did hear from the Calgary Stampede All-Stars earlier this week. Kamar Jordan, Darnell Sankey, and Cody Grace. They all spoke to the media after they were named CFL All-Stars this week. So here are the three of them. Kamar, man, um, you're an All-Star. Again, uh, how's, that, how's that feel? Feels good. I mean, if I'm being honest, uh, to just go through everything for the last time, in 2018, through a uh, knee injury, through COVID and all that stuff, and come back and, and really make an impact is, is special. So it's definitely one that I, uh, I'll take for granted. I'm definitely happy about it. I know early or in the year, not that you were sick of questions about the knee, but you kind of were like, guys, like, I'm good. Let me, just let me play. Um, but it does mean, you know, more knowing what you've been through, knowing the journey, and knowing you were able to get back to that level. Yeah, for sure. Like, um, like I said, uh, it was this this year, at least the beginning of the year was really about really even knowing if I could go. You know what I mean? Like, I knew I could run around, but I didn't know for how long or through a whole game, like things like that. So to be able to come out and, and play full games and come out of the game and he's feel, feeling great. Uh, it was a special thing. And, you know, I just wanted to every time I was out there, man, this season, honestly, even when we was losing, bro, I was just happy to be on the field, bro, because Obviously, that could have been taken away. So, really, it was out there just talking trash, getting the guys hit, anything just to uh, bring a little excitement to every game. So, I really had a, a fun year. Uh, Kamar, let's discuss uh, Saskatchewan. Two of three games. Your expectations all were pretty close, but uh, you did win two of three. Uh, what do you take away from those games? Um, yeah, the two games, the two games I was out that we, we happened to get a win. And last time I played them, that I played them when we lost, feel like I learned a lot from watching that film recently. I've been watching that film probably the last couple of days, seeing what they want to do, how they want to have stuff like that. And I feel like I have a much better understanding of their defense. Um, going over stuff today with the team, I think we got a good game plan. I think we kind of understand what they want to do and, and how we want to attack them. So, um, yeah, we obviously, I will hope that they're confident, but we're confident in this game and we're ready to get it going. Thank you. I know you're not going to give a whole bunch of secrets away. You said you've watched their. Um, you said you've watched their defense. What, what do the Riders' defense do well? What does the Riders' defense do well against you? Um. Well, they have a great back end. Their their um. Their DBs are. They really attack the ball, ball hawks. When the ball in the air, they really find a way to go get the ball. They run a lot of different schemes and a lot of different looks on the D line and the front side. That's so always. Is we have to we have to keep our eyes open and really be alert to see what they're doing and um, making sure that you know what I mean we're we're running the right calls we're we're doing the right calls against their defense so um, obviously they had time as well they could change their things and switch up different things like that but um, we just got to have confidence in our game plan and ready to execute regardless of how it play out. When a when a secondary can be aggressive and you said they're ball hawks. Can that go against? Can that work in your favor that they get overly aggressive? Yeah, it can. Um, I don't think that's where that's where we're um, expecting or game planning against. I think that's one of those things is 
if the ball's in, if I if the ball's in the air and I know that they're going to get it, I have to be super aggressive and go get the ball first. That's my mindset as a receiver. Um, not necessarily trying to let the ball come to my chest or catch the ball in my body. I want to catch the ball strong, go get the ball in my hand, so I get to it first before the defender. So more so, that's really um, just my whole mindset when when the guys like that who really go attack the football. Darnell, man, you're an all-star. Uh, congratulations. How's that, yeah. <laughs> how's that feel? Oh, it's a great feeling. It's a great feeling, like, to know uh, you set a goal and you achieve it, you know, and it's also a great feeling to have a great team that supports me and a great staff that, you know, that got me here to help me get here. So it's a great feeling. Um, obviously, a regular season award where we're in the playoffs. How much has the mood shifted or the focus shifted? I mean, can you feel it being different, being a different yeah. time here? Yeah, 100%. You know, playoffs is a completely different game. You know, like I told the guys and like a lot of the guys already know who have been here. Um, it's just uh, everything's like magnified, you know, like got to cut down on the mistakes. Everyone's like that a little bit more serious. And, um, you know, just as a team, it's like you got a little bit more like umph in you, you know. We're seeing guys around the league, you know, guaranteeing wins, guaranteeing this and that. That, that doesn't really seem like the Stampeders way in general. But what are you uh... – how do you how do you see this game playing out? What what's key for you? Um, I think we just have to just go in there and just do what we're capable of, and I think that the results will take care of itself. You know, I think that SAS is a great team. You know, we've we've done a lot. We played them a lot. You know, we've done a lot of review on them, and uh, you know, they they have a great system, so it's going to be a great game. But uh, you know, I think that we're more than capable of going in there and handling business. So, thanks, man. Congratulations again. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, Darnell. That was a voted award, so congratulations there. But you're also the league's tackling leader. What did that mean yeah. to you in your first season to go in and lead the league? And had it been a full season, you could have uh, knocked a couple of guys out of the record book here. Oh, <laughs> it's a like it's a great feeling. It's a great feeling once again. You know, uh, coming here and to show what I'm about from the start. You know, I, I set some goals and achieved them. And you know, the next goal is obviously Grey Cup. Every team in the playoffs wants to win the Grey Cup. And, uh, you know, I'm just trying to stay focused, you know, uh, just try to eliminate background noise and just try to stay focused, you know. Well, I'm trying to make sure I use the right word, but it looked like you just plugged yourself right in. It looked easy. I know it wasn't, but, you know, it just looked like you just plugged yourself right in and just uh, took over that spot. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. You know, I always say delays are not denials. You know, it's a motto I live by. It just means basically, you know, like just because God's delaying something in your life doesn't mean he's denying it. And uh, I think that that applies a lot with my journey here. You know, things in the NFL didn't work out, came here and, you know, handling business. So it's a great feeling. Um, I guess my question is I'm looking forward to playing the Riders. Uh, Cody Fajardo might not be the most mobile quarterback in the league, but what sort of challenges does he present to to defensive players when he's back there? Um, I think he has great vision as a quarterback. You know, I think he has great vision and he has the ability to extend, extend plays, you know, with his feet and with his arm. You know, I think he's a great quarterback, you know, for sure. And, uh, he, he runs the system well. He runs the offense well. So he, it's going to be a tough challenge. I asked your coach this question. You probably don't deal with him as much, but what does the addition of a Duke Williams mean to Saskatchewan offense? Um, from, our, from my understanding, from we played him last, he's just a big receiver, big target, you know, and uh, he knows how to get up and catch the ball. So, you know, just us on the back seven, you know, we just have to make sure we do what we can to contain him with either, you know, man, coverages, whatever we got going in and, and, uh, you know, just understand that he's just another player when it comes down to it. And, um, you know, he's a great player from what I've seen, but I, I don't really know, like, too much about what to stop him. And, you know, like you said, because I'm not, I'm not a DB. So, <laughs> and one, last, one last thing of me. Going into, going into Mosaic Field, what kind of challenges does that present? Um, it's definitely one of the most hostile fields I've been in. 
since I've been in the CFL. And I love that. You know, I love going into uh, an opponent's ring, you know, and playing, you know, and the crowd is obviously going to be there. They're going to be all green and white and screaming and hollering. And that's what football is about, you know, but I'm always going to ride with my team. So, you know, whatever people got to say, I'm always, you know, I'm a Stan Peter. I'm going to ride. With, I'm going to ride with us. So. Thank you very much. And congratulations again. Best Thank of luck you. this weekend. Thanks, sir. And Matt Rose, Fan960. Darnell, just uh, how important is a quick start going to be for you guys as you do go into Mosaic and try and quiet that crowd? It's it's something that we've been focused on all year of improving. You know, uh, there's been a lot of games that we've lost that we came out and started slow. And also there's games that we won that we came out and started slow. You know, but I think as us as a team, when we get out, we get ahead early. And, um, you know, we kind of we kind of show them what we're about early. I think that uh, the tides are in our favor for sure. Cody, man, you're an all-star. How's that? Uh, how's that feel? That's oh, good, mate. Um, we've worked hard as a, as a punt unit. So it's, uh, yeah, it's good to, uh, you know, that's a whole 12 person, um, award. So, um, got to thank those guys for doing their jobs and executing. Was that, was that sort of on your radar at all going into the season or were you just trying to stick around? Nah, I was just trying to, um, yeah, just trying to secure a job and, uh, make sure I was still playing um, week to week. This is obviously for for a lot. I mean, for the CFL's global pro, uh, program, you're sort of the the first player to come out of that and and to be awarded an All Star. Does that mean something to you? Do you think it proves the guys from outside? Um, I think um, uh, it's an interesting question. Um, it's just I think it's just the label that they put on you. You know, it's you're American, you're Canadian, you're from a different country, so it's you know you're just a player at the end of the day. Was that the coolest game you ever played in on Saturday? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, that was good fun, though. Um, you know, it's good to kind of adapt to those uh, those type of elements and uh, especially going to the playoffs. It's, um, you know, it's good to learn from that and kind of get the opportunity to play in those for the, uh, the big-time games. What if I were to tell you that's the warmest it might be for the next month? Yeah, no, it's uh, – we'll see. We'll have to tap into some strategies. Practice has been pretty cold with wind and stuff, so – been trying to uh, pick up little uh, little tips and tricks from everyone that's uh, played in the cold before. So it's um, yeah, we'll see how we go. Fingers crossed it doesn't get too too much colder. Cody, can you just talk about uh, your relationship with Renee? It seems like you guys have formed a, a pretty strong bond here this year. Yeah, he's a ripper ripper dude. Um, you know, he's been around for uh, I call him fossils. Um, he's been around for a while, so um, you know he's helped me a lot over the season and kind of understanding the game and, and um, you know, getting back to playing. So, um, you know, he's got to trust me and I've got to, um, you know, got to give him some uh, some great holds and for him to have the ability to trust me and executing those big time, uh, big time kicks. So, um, you know, he's a great dude. I've uh, learned a lot from him and I'm trying to help him out too. So um, he's been pretty solid this season as he as he always is. Your thoughts, playoff game, first time in Saskatchewan, or, I mean, you played in Saskatchewan, but playoff game, how does this dynamics change, particularly for a person like you, a kicker? Uh, I mean, my job stays the same. Um, nothing changes. I think it's obviously uh, a lot more energy, a lot more buzz around playoffs, and um, I think you just got to focus on the on the game, within the game as a punter, um, and then, you know, you just got to execute um, and, and keep the trust and, and respect of the players and the coaches and um, you know, help help the D get some good uh, field position. Obviously, I, I haven't looked at the schedule. Do, how much do weather conditions impact what you do, particularly in a playoff game? Uh, I mean, it's, you know, weather's always a factor for every player. Um, you know, we take 
great opportunities throughout the week, um, kind of adapting to whether it's wind or, or coldness. So I make sure I, uh, I kind of really um, come in each week with a focus, look at the day, whether it's going to be a cold day, rainy day, windy day, and what I can kind of work on throughout the, that practice. So, you know, whatever turns up, um, um, you know, we've worked through it throughout the week. Thank you very much for your time. Easy. Yeah, Cody, it was about 1 a.m. in Perth when it was announced that you're going to be an all-star. I was just wondering if anyone from back home has reached out to give us some well wishes. It's about 4.30 in the morning right there now. Uh, no, nah, I think everyone's asleep. I haven't even checked my phone, Facebook or whatever. So um, I'm sure I'll get the call from mum. But, um, you know, it's you got, kind of get used to that being away from home for the last, you know, five years. So it's uh, you kind of work around their schedule and, um, you know, you you um, enjoy the time when they're up and, and uh, talk to them. Thanks for listening to the Calgary Stampeder podcast. It is brought to you by Valentine Volvo and Volvo Fine Cars Royal Oak. If you like what you hear, tell a friend.